0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Born Again Biker Podcast. I'm your host, Mouthpiece. I'm the pastor of Victory Biker Church, Maine. This podcast is a place to discuss real, practical Christianity, biblical truth, and what it means for the motorcycle community. So hang on to your handlebars. Let's ride. What's up, church? It is Pastor Chris, that's right, it's Mouthpiece, coming at you, and you're listening to the Born Again Biker Podcast, and it's evening time here in Maine, and normally I do these things first thing in the morning, but it's been increasingly difficult the last couple of days to get this done. Uh, My kids, honestly, are just waking up stupid early in the morning, and it's hard to to get these done, so I decided... Mrs. and a couple of the other ladies are in the other room doing a Bible study. So I'm sitting here in my office and I've been reading the book of Acts. God's talking to me. So I figured, let's get one of these in. So what I want you guys to do is turn to Acts chapter 9 and we're just going to read. And whenever it is that God stops us, we're going to stop and we're going to talk about it. So Acts chapter 9 says, Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats to every breath." Let me start that again. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found them. He wanted to bring them back, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And a voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you were persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, and when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street, to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man named Tarsus named Saul. He's praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I have heard many people talk about the terrible things that this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem, and he has authority by the leading priests to arrest anyone and everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, Go. For Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings, as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake." So Ananias went and found Saul, and he laid hands on him, and he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. He got up and was baptized. Afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days, and immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is indeed the Son of God. And all who heard were amazed, Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem, they asked. And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priests? Saul's preaching became more and more powerful, and the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. All right, so we're going to stop there. So that's through verse 22. So let's talk about this. This this is Saul's conversion from Judaism to Christianity. Uh, this is Saul's conversion from having a heart of stone to having a, a tender heart towards everybody you know w- let's look at this let's break this down you know it says here verse you know verse 1 meanwhile Saul is uttering threats with every breath and is eager to kill the Lord's followers I mean, come on this guy was the worst of the worst when it came for Christians this guy he was right up there with the Romans he wanted a dead 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 he wanted them gone because they went against everything he knew so he goes to the priests and he says hey give me letters addressed to all of the other synagogues now keep check that out he wants letters addressed to the synagogues in damascus he wants letters addressed to their churches saying all right guys i want your help In all of these people, I want your help to arrest all of the people that are buying into what they're talking about, about this Jesus guy. I want to take them and I want to put them in chains. Men, women, doesn't matter. I want to put them in chains. We're going to bring them back to Jerusalem and we're going to hang them on a cross. That's what we're doing. So I need your help with that. He goes to the church for help. That's messed up. You know, here's the persecutor of all. He goes to the church for help, so he gets on his way. You know, believe it or not, he gets the letters from the church from from the the high priests. So, and he goes on his journey and he goes on his way and he's heading to he's heading to Damascus. And Jesus has had enough. So Jesus has had it. And he's, he makes his presence to Saul known. And he calls him out, and he calls him out by name. And he says, Saul, why you got beef with me, man? Why you have problems? Why are you persecuting me? And Saul has no idea who it is. And he said, he's like, Lord, who are you? You notice how all of a sudden he goes from being, you know, the, the bad man pajama on the block to, Lord, who are you? to being this humble guy. And he he throws himself on the ground because he doesn't, he's so afraid. And then Jesus tells him, I am Jesus, I'm the one you've been persecuting. Now, I want you to get up, dust yourself off, maybe change your undies because you probably peed yourself, but I want you to get up and you're gonna go into the city and I'm gonna tell you there what you have to do. But I'm not gonna tell you right now. I want you to go to the city, so get on up. So Saul gets up. And something markedly different is is there about is different about Saul. All of a sudden, he can't see. And the guys that are with him are speechless and dumbfounded because they heard a voice and they didn't see anybody. And you know, the truth is that in in the Jewish faith, that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. So Saul gets up and he's like, guys, we have a problem. I can't see. I can't see. So Jesus allows Saul's vision to be taken from him. He covers up his eyes because he was so spiritually blinded that he couldn't see anywhere. He was so blinded by following the law that his eyes weren't open to the grace of Jesus Christ. So his friends take him by the hand and they bring him into Damascus and they set him up at at, at this guy's house. His name is Judas. Imagine that. And so he's, they set him up with this guy's house and Saul in his own pity is just kind of sitting there hanging out uh, completely blind for three days and he doesn't eat and he doesn't drink and he's feeling bad about himself. Now, Jesus talks to one of the believers in Damascus and there's this guy named Ananias and Ananias was an extremely faithful servant. and. The Lord speaks to him, and he says, "Ananias." And it's funny because his reply is, "Yes, Lord," because he knew the voice of Jesus. He knew exactly who was talking to him. And he's like, "Hey, Jesus, what's up? What do you need?" And Jesus says to him, "I want you to go over to this guy's house. I want you to go down on the street. I want you to find this guy, this guy Judas's house. And there's going to be a guy from Tarsus there. His name's Saul." And I I, I want you to go and I want, he's praying to me right now. So I I want you to go and I want you to, to, I want you to lay hands on him. And I want you to notice something there. In in verse 11, it says, when you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He's praying to me right now. What a big difference, okay? Notice the difference there. First you have Saul, the persecutor of all Christians. When we're back up in verse one, we have Saul, the persecutor of all the Christians. verse 11 where all of a sudden Saul is praying to Jesus right now what a difference when Jesus gets your attention and he will get your attention in any means necessary even if it's knocking you down on the street and and taking your sight for a while he's gonna catch your attention notice Paul is praying to Jesus and he he gives Saul this vision of, of, of Ananias and he says I want you, I want you to go and I want you to pray for him. And Ananias is like, oh Jesus, you know, look, here's the deal. I've heard of that guy. That guy, he he he's a bad dude. He's done some horrible, horrible things to the believers in Jerusalem. And he's even got the authority of the church behind him to arrest anybody that calls on him. Anybody. So you want me to go to this guy in your name and tell him that you want me to do this, that he could take me along with it. And Jesus says, go. I want you to go. He says, go because Saul is a chosen instrument to take my message to the lost people of the world. He says to Gentiles and to Kings and to the people of Israel. Up until then, the majority of the disciples were just reaching the Israelites. Saul, Saul gets a bigger mission, and I think Saul gets a bigger mission because Saul's story was so different than the rest of the disciples. Saul was the persecutor, and now he's chosen. It says here that he's a chosen instrument. And he's going to reach the Gentiles, and he's going to reach kings, and he's going to reach the people of Israel. But then Jesus says, don't worry, I'm going to show him how much he has to suffer for me." So right from the get-go, we all know Paul is going to suffer probably more than any of the other disciples. And as we look at the life of Saul and Paul, we know that that that's true. That right there is prophecy that Jesus is saying, he's going to suffer a lot for my name's sake. So Ananias goes, and he finds Saul, and he lays his hands on him. And notice, right in verse 17, he calls him Brother Saul. The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me that you can regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. He calls him brother from the minute that he meets him, because Jesus, he was, be, Ananias was obedient. Ananias was obedient to Jesus because he, Jesus said, "Go." I'm accepting Saul, and because Jesus accepted him and Jesus loved him, so did Ananias, and he called him brother. And the Lord Jesus said, I want you to go, and I want you to pray for him, because when you pray for him, I'm going to fill him with the Holy Spirit. So he did. And he was obedient. And instantly, things like scales fell off Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. And then he gets up and he was baptized. And afterwards he ate and he regained his strength. And I can tell you, I understand what it means to have things like scales fall off your eyes. I've had this experience. I got saved into a very legalistic church. Now, I want you to hear this. This is a true story. I got saved in a very legalistic church. Uh, There were things that I I was taught was biblical and movement of God. And after a while, God showed me how it was orchestrated and how things were manipulated and things were not necessarily all what they see. And I remember sitting on the platform of that of that Pentecostal church, I'm not digging Pentecostals by the way, this was just a particular church, and I remember sitting on the platform of that church and God saying, I'm going to show you the truth. And I remember sitting there after 11 years in that church and being a deacon of that church that I remember feeling scales fall off my eyes and that is exactly how I described it the day that it happened. And I remember scales falling off my eyes. And God opening my eyes to the truth of how things... Move. I believe people will laugh in the spirit. But I don't believe you have to tickle them to get them started. I believe that people will dance in the spirit. And I believe they will get slain out. And I believe that people will speak in tongues and worship worship God. I believe all of that stuff. But when you have prior knowledge and you're giving people messages, is that you... Or is it God? I'm gonna leave that right there. anyways back to our story. So Saul regains his strength after you know after he gets gets filled with the Holy Spirit and it's funny how it says here he, he regains his sight and the what's the first thing he does? he gets up and he gets baptized. First thing he, he gets filled with the Holy Spirit and he gets baptized. Boom! Instantly there was no class, there was no waiting. For Saul it was immediate. And he stays with the believers in Damascus just a couple of days. Just, it says right here in verse 20, Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for just a few days. And immediately he began to preach about Jesus in the synagogue saying he is indeed the son of God. See, Saul didn't wait until he had all of the biblical knowledge he didn't he preached what he knew and there's a lesson in that right there church Saul is a great lesson for us you don't have to think you've got it all together you don't have to know all of it you just have to know what you know that you have to know that that's true and it says here he is indeed the son of God How did Saul know that he was the Son of God? Because A, he spoke to him on the road and there was nobody there. B, he took his sight. C, he he gave him a vision that somebody was going to come and that guy came. And he laid hands on him and he got filled with the Holy Ghost. And then he got baptized and he knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ was who he said he was. And everybody that heard him was amazed. And they were like, isn't that the same dude that uh, caused all the problems and persecuted all the people in Jerusalem? Yeah, that's got to be the same guy. That's—I know—that's what they were saying. And he came here to arrest all the Jews and you know that, that were following Jesus and all that, and everybody that followed Jesus. He even had letters from the priests, and, and Saul's preaching became more and more powerful because God gave him more and more wisdom. And the Jews in Damascus couldn't say that Jesus wasn't the Messiah after that. Because here's the deal. Here's the punchline, church. How can you refute the change that is in Saul, where he went from being the persecutor to the preacher? And I can tell you, we all have that. We all have our story. We all have that story, where we go from being the sinner, where we wind up being exactly where Jesus wants us to be. It took me a long time to get behind the pulpit, but I know I'm exactly where Jesus wants me to be. So, church, I'm gonna add. We're gonna leave this right here. So, I'm, I'm gonna ask you, church, if you guys need, if you don't know where you want, where Jesus wants you to be, if you don't know what Jesus is calling you. Hit me up, I wanna pray for you. Because there's no greater thing in this world than understanding where it is that Jesus wants you to go. Because it's frustrating when you don't understand it. Because you know where, you know he wants you somewhere, but when you don't know where that is, it's frustrating and I understand it. I was there for 10 years. So don't be afraid. To step out and let Jesus make you into what he wants you to be. If he can do it for Saul, he can do it for you. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you too. I love you guys. Be blessed. I'm going to talk to you tomorrow. Have a great night.